VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs, and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash earnings right now. NetSuite.com slash earnings. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Wednesday, February 16th, 2022. Coming up this hour. Stocks rise on the prospects of tensions easing in Ukraine. Investors await minutes from the Fed's latest policy meeting. UK inflation unexpectedly accelerates for a fourth straight month. And Disney drops its mask mandate for fully vaccinated theme park guests. Sandy Hook families win a settlement with gunmaker Remington. And New York State's mask mandate ends today. I'm John Tucker. Those stories straight ahead. I'm John Stanshaw in sports. The Rangers won in a shootout. The Islanders and Devils both lost. So did the U.S. Olympic hockey team. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak on Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 99.1 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. And futures are little changed this morning. We're coming up to 501 on Wall Street, and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. And again, futures are little changed to lower this morning. The 10-year Treasury up 230 seconds. The yield 2.03%, and the yield on the two-year 1.55%. Nathan. All right, Karen, we'll have more on the markets in a minute. But first, President Biden says a Russian attack against Ukraine is still very much a possibility, and he is warning that sanctions against Russia will not come without pain for Americans. Amy Morris has the latest from our Bloomberg 991 newsroom in Washington. President Biden says the sanctions envisioned by his administration against Moscow would create long-term consequences that would undermine Russia's ability to compete economically and strategically. So he says the administration is also taking steps to alleviate pressure on U.S. energy markets and offset rising prices. If Russia decides to invade, that would also have consequences here at home. But the American people understand that defending democracy and liberty is never without cost. Meanwhile, some Ukrainian banking and government websites were hit with a denial-of-service attack the U.S. has offered to help investigate. Russian officials have repeatedly denied any plans to attack Ukraine. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Amy, thank you. Meanwhile, a standoff over one of President Biden's nominees to the Federal Reserve is putting all of them in limbo. Republicans on the Senate Banking Committee are blocking Sarah Bloom Raskin's confirmation. They say they want to know more about a special master account that the Kansas City Fed granted to a Colorado-based fintech while Raskin served on its board. Republican Senator Bill Haggerty sits on the Banking Committee. There are more than 35 questions where her answers provided were blanket, I do not recall or I'm not aware. 
in response to questions on this. So we have not gotten to the bottom of this, and we need more information. And until we do, I'm not prepared to vote on her. Tennessee Senator Bill Haggerty spoke with our Washington correspondent Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Sound On. Catch the program weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio. Now the Fed will also be in focus today, Karen, with the release of the minutes from January's policy meeting. We get more on that from Bloomberg's Michael McKee. Heightened Fed concern about inflation led to a sell-off in bonds when the last minutes were released. A repeat is possible. Investors want to know just how worried the central bankers were at their last meeting when they suggested it was almost time to raise interest rates. In particular, How far and how fast did they anticipate moving? Bond investors in particular will be looking for any details on when and how Fed officials anticipate shrinking their balance sheet. Kansas City Fed President Esther George recently warned the process could be rocky for the markets. Michael McKee, Bloomberg Daybreak. Mike, thank you. In addition to the Fed minutes, we also get the retail sales report for the month of January. That's coming out later this morning. Meanwhile, in the U.K., inflation unexpectedly accelerated for a fourth straight month. We go live to London and get the latest live with the Bloomberg's Ewan Potts. Good morning, Ewan. Good morning, Karen and Nathan. Inflation is now at a 30-year high in the UK, hitting 5.5% in the year to January. The CPI print has now overshot forecasts in seven of the past nine months. That's putting pressure on the Bank of England, which has already hiked rates at two of its last meetings. The BOE's current forecast is that inflation is set to reach seven and a quarter percent. Live in London, I'm Ewan Potts, Bloomberg Daybreak. Okay, Ewan, thank you. In Asia, inflation eased in China last month, but factory gate prices were still elevated. Bloomberg Daybreak Asia anchor Brian Curtis has more. The producer price index rose 9.1% from a year earlier. That was weaker than the estimate of 9.5%, and it was down from December's reading. And the good news for policymakers is that it gives them some more room to cut interest rates. China shifted to a pro-growth bias late last year. That was after the economy was hit by virus outbreaks and a slump in the property market. Consumer prices grew 0.9% last month from a year earlier, and that was slower than a projected 1% increase. Brian Curtis, Bloomberg Daybreak. Brian, thank you. Turning to the pandemic, Disney is dropping its mask mandate for fully vaccinated guests at its U.S. theme parks. Starting tomorrow, face coverings will be optional both indoors and out at Walt Disney World in Florida and Disneyland in California. Masks will still be mandatory if you're not fully vaccinated. Major Wall Street firms are still grappling with how to bring employees back to the office as we come out of the pandemic. For Goldman Sachs CEO David Solomon, he says an in-person office will always be an important part of the bank's identity. We get that story from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. Speaking from the Pivot MIA conference in Miami Beach, Solomon said the office was particularly valuable for the development of employees in their 20s who make up about half of the firm. He noted that Goldman has established a presence in cities across the U.S., including in South Florida, but he said the pandemic will not prompt the Wall Street giant to provide jobs that can be done from remote locations such as Jackson Hole, Wyoming. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak. Charlie, thank you. As the debate continues over on how many days workers should spend in the office, Airbnb is looking to capitalize on the work-from-home trend. We spoke with Airbnb CEO Brian Chesky. We do think more and more people are going to work remotely over the summer with family. They might take them somewhere, get a summer rental. But we also just think that we're going to have three-day weekends a lot more frequently for people where they might work from an Airbnb on a Friday or a Monday and go away for that weekend. And Airbnb's Brian Chesky says his company's fourth-quarter earnings were its best ever. Shares are up more than 3% in early trading. Finally, Karen, we have a new big moneymaker on campus. 
Stanford University has edged out Harvard as the country's biggest college fundraiser. The California institution raised $1.39 billion last fiscal year. That was about $10 million more than the Ivy League. Those were the only two schools, Stanford and Harvard, that raked in more than a billion dollars. Rising stock markets helped to drive donations last year. Futures are moving lower right now. S&P futures down four points. Dow futures down 31. NASDAQ futures down 11. Straight ahead, local headlines and a check of sports. This is Bloomberg. And it's now 5.07 on Wall Street. We're dealing with big problems on the uh, Sunrise Parkway. It's closed both ways between Center and Valley Avenues. Details coming up in traffic. First, John Tucker's here with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, John. Nathan, Remington Arms will pay $73 million to families who lost loved ones in the Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting. More of the landmark settlement this morning from Bloomberg's Jeff Bellinger. It is a settlement that could open the door to more lawsuits seeking to hold gun companies liable for mass shootings. The money will be divided among nine families who lost loved ones in the 2012 shooting in Newtown, Connecticut, that left 20 children and six staff members dead. Remington did not admit liability in the settlement. Adam Lanza, the 20-year-old Sandy Hook gunman, used an AR-15-style rifle made by Bushmaster, a company that was owned by Remington. Jeff Bellinger, Bloomberg Daybreak. Starting today, New York State will end its requirement that people entering businesses must wear masks or show proof of full vaccination. In New York City, masks are still required at schools and public health care facilities. Owners of stores, restaurants, theaters, or other public spaces can still require masks. Boeing 787 Dreamliner suffering a new blow. U.S. regulators say they'll step up inspections of each jet before delivery. Since 2020, the company has grappled with structural glitches that have turned its popular wide-body jet into a drain on cash. More than 110 of the carbon fiber aircraft have been built but left undelivered while the issues are resolved. New York Democratic Representative Kathleen Rice says she won't run for re-election after nearly eight years in office. The 57-year-old Rice, who represents parts of Long Island, didn't say what she planned to do next. She's joining dozens of her colleagues that are retiring or running for other public office ahead of the 2022 midterm elections, where Democrats fear they could lose control of the House. New Jersey betters waged a record $143.7 million on the Super Bowl. That's up 22% for the prior year. It comes even with bets being taken in neighboring New York for the first time. Sports betting has exploded across the U.S. since the Supreme Court allowed states outside of Nevada to offer it in 2018. And P.J. O'Rourke, the prolific author and satirist, has died at the age of 74. He started out writing for such underground publications as the New York Ace. He joined National Lampoon in 1973. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm John Tucker. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. All right, John. Thank you. Coming up to 510 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Good morning, John Stashauer. Hi, good morning, Nathan. A couple of hockey shootouts. The Rangers and Bruins at the Garden. The U.S. and Slovakia in Beijing. Rangers won theirs. They scored on their first two attempts of the shootout. Mika Zibanejad and then Artemi Panarin and then six straight misses before Keandre Miller scored, giving the Rangers a thrilling 2-1 to win in their first game in two weeks. At the Olympics, U.S. led 2-1 in the final minute. Seemed ready to advance to the semifinals. Slovakia scored, and then the U.S. went over. 0 for 5 with a shootout. 
gets eliminated after going 3-0 and in the preliminary round. Back in the NHL, the Islanders and Devils both lost by the same 6-3 to score. Both gave up three goals in the third period. The Isles and Buffalo, where the Sabres scored three times in the last three minutes, and the Devils blew a 3-1 lead, fell to Tampa Bay. An NBA blowout, Red Hot Celtics won their ninth in a row in Philadelphia by 48. James Harden watched the game on the Philly bench. He has an injured hamstring but said he was happy to leave Brooklyn. Harden was asked about playing with Kyrie Irving, who has refused to get vaccinated, only recently started playing and only in road games. Me and Kyrie are really good friends. Uh, you know, whatever he was going through or is still going through, that's his personal preference. Uh, but it definitely did impact the team because originally, you know, obviously me, Kyrie, and KD on the court, you know, and winning covers up a lot of that stuff. The Nets' big three ended up playing together only 16 times. Nets play a road game tonight, but it's in New York against the Knicks, and the vaccine mandate means Irving cannot play. College hoops, Fordham lost. Iona won. The Gales are 21-5. and At the Olympics, the disappointment in hockey, but the U.S. won gold and silver in freestyle skiing. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Okay, John, thanks. Right now, S&P futures are down three points. Dow futures down 19. NASDAQ futures down four. The latest on the Russia-Ukraine tensions with Greg Vallier of AGF Investments next. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather. Uh, increasing cloudiness today with a high near 50 degrees. We could get 60 tomorrow with late-day showers. Highs early in the uh, mid-50s by Friday, but temperatures will fall through the day. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Stocks are higher as traders weigh the prospect of diminishing tension over Ukraine and the impact of rising inflation on central bank policies. They have been giving up some of their gains, though, in Europe this morning. U.S. stock index futures, their little change this morning. And we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. And again, futures are little change. The 10-year Treasury up 230 seconds. They yield 2.03%. They yield on the two-year 1.55%. NYMEX crude oil is up seven tenths percent, up sixty one cents at ninety two dollars sixty eight cents a barrel. COMEX gold is up a tenth of a percent, or two dollars thirty cents at eighteen fifty eight forty an ounce. The euro one point one three eight one against the dollar. British pound one point three five five eight. The yen is at 115.67, and Bitcoin's higher at $44,070. Today we are watching for a report on January retail sales at 8.30 Wall Street time, along with the import price index. Industrial production's out at 9.15, and its business inventory's at 10. Then the Federal Reserve releases minutes from its latest meeting at 2. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's John Tucker with more on what's going on around the world. John, good morning. Karen, President Biden says it's still possible that Russia will invade Ukraine because its troops remain in a threatening position. Walt Disney dropping a mask mandate for fully vaccinated gas to its theme parks in the U.S. And U.S. regulators say they'll step up inspections of every Boeing 787 Dreamliner before delivery. In sports, Rangers beat the Bruins in a shootout. Islanders and Devils lose. The Capitals win. And the Penguins' Sidney Crosby scores his 500th NHL goal. In basketball, the Celtics beat the 76ers by 48 points. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. 
powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm John Tucker. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. That's a lot of points. Thank you, John. It's 519 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak as we continue to follow developments around tensions toward Ukraine. We're joined by Greg Valier, Chief U.S. Policy Strategist at AGF Investments. Greg, it's good to have you with us. As we just heard from John, the president is warning that there's still the threat of a Russian attack on Ukraine. And now we're watching headlines this morning that belying what Russia is saying. NATO says that it's now seeing more troops building up near the Ukraine border. How do you assess the situation right now? Well, it's obviously very fluid, Nathan, and I think that you can't dismiss the threat of an invasion. But as you know, I've said for the last few weeks, I think it's unlikely. I think that Putin does not want to be a pariah. I think he has to worry about casualties uh, for his own troops as the Ukrainian citizens take up arms. And I think Putin has to worry about his own economy suffering from big sanctions. So it's it's uh, high stakes. I think that Putin may be content to come up with an exit strategy. He's still using cyber warfare against the Ukrainians, still stirring up trouble at the border, but not with a full-fledged invasion. Interesting that you see the possibility of a cyber attack as a potential off-ramp. I mean, the president has warned that uh, cyber uh, cybersecurity issues would be met with a tough response as well. I mean, couldn't that further intensify uh, the situation if there is that kind of development? It, it sure could, but I think it would be preferable to a shooting war that would involve an enormous amount of, uh, of casualties. You know, I think Nathan uh, Macron of France has uh, set up an exit strategy, uh, a so-called off-ramp. Uh, I think that this would involve some security assurances to the Russians without a, a promise on NATO membership. I, I do think there are negotiated plans that are getting closer. What about uh, the sanctions debate on Capitol Hill? It seems like lawmakers have really been at loggerheads as to when to impose sanctions, what they would look like. Do you see any kind of agreement coming forward on Capitol Hill? No. As it turns out in the last 24 hours, the Senate has just thrown up its hands. They can't come up with an agreement. It's like a bad satire. Uh, They're now going to send a strongly worded message. Uh, to Putin, as if that would have any impact whatsoever. So, no, congressional sanctions look like they're dead. Well, given where the situation stands with uh, international diplomacy, the uh, work that's going on with the U.S. and allies, what do you see the uh, market reaction being, particularly in the energy space, uh, if uh, if things were to uh, go forward? Really volatile. I think the markets for the next few weeks will be uh, erratic. Uh, I think if this crisis passes, you're going to see uh, yields in the bond market go even higher uh, based on a belief that the global economy will be okay. Obviously, if there's a conflict, there'll be a huge impact on grain, natural gas, oil. Uh, so it's a very volatile situation that I think will persist. On top of the standoff between the U.S. and Russia, we have this standoff on Capitol Hill over President Biden's Federal Reserve nominees, particularly Sarah Bloom Raskin. What do you make of the questions that Republicans have for her? 
Well, they've got two big issues. Number one, the Fed has a mandate to only look at stable prices and full employment. She has talked repeatedly over the years about another mandate to get very involved in environmental policies. That has angered Republicans. Plus, she had a, she was on the board of directors of a company in Colorado that got access to the Fed's banking system that uh, many people feel it was not appropriate for her. So those issues are going to stay complicating everything. You've got one Democrat in the Senate who's been ill, who's not going to be back for another several weeks. So I think her nomination is in trouble. The other ones, Powell, Lael Brainerd, I think they'll all make it. But I think the Raskin nomination is in real trouble. Do you think the president will stand by Sarah Bloom Raskin? Oh, for now, I'm, I'm sure he will. And it, it, she still could make it. She needs to produce more documents that might uh, absolve her of any uh, involvement in this Colorado company. But I, I, I do think you can't have an impasse for weeks and weeks and weeks. You've got to get people like Lael Brannard and Powell confirmed, and they will be eventually. All right. Greg Vallier, as always, great to get your insights. Greg Vallier is a chief U.S. policy strategist at AGF Investments. As we watch uh, futures continue to slide on the latest Ukraine headlines, S&P futures are now down 14 points. Dow futures down 115. NASDAQ futures are lower by 41 points. The 10-year Treasury is up 132nd with the yield 2.03%. The yield on the two-year right now, 1.55%. And NYMEX crude is higher by 7 tenths percent at $92. 69 cents a barrel. Stay with us. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather increasing cloudiness with highs in the upper 40s. Today will be in the upper 50s tomorrow with late day showers possible. Those will end in the morning Friday. Early highs in the mid 50s, but temperatures will fall through the day. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130 to Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991 to Boston. Bloomberg 1061 to San Francisco. Bloomberg 960 to the country. Sirius XM Channel 119 and around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. And it's 5.30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Karen Moscow. I'm Nathan Hager. Bloomberg Daybreak is brought to you by SEI Challenges. Highlight one's character, partnership, and resilience. At SEI, they act as one community with their clients. Go to SEIC.com slash banks. And we're just about four hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Let's get you up to date on the news you need to know at this hour. The situation in Ukraine remains front and center this morning. President Biden says it's not verified that Russia's pulled the troops back from the border with Ukraine. And Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has the story. President Biden says so far intelligence is not showing it. And the fact remains right now Russia has more than 150,000 troops encircling Ukraine and Belarus and along Ukraine's border. An invasion remains distinctly possible. Biden says if that happens, Russia will be held responsible globally for death and destruction. He says sanction packages are in place and that the overriding issue that governments have is the right to plot their own destinies. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. Okay, Ed, thank you. Meantime, there's a standoff on Capitol Hill over President Biden's five Federal Reserve nominees. Republicans on the Senate Banking Committee have questions about one of them, Sarah Bloom Raskin, and her role on the board of a fintech company. Raskin is President Biden's choice for Fed Vice Chair for Supervision. 
Well, Nathan, this afternoon, the Fed releases minutes of January's meeting on monetary policy. We get the story from Bloomberg's Vinnie Del Judice. Bloomberg Economics says the minutes could reveal whether the Fed has an appetite for a half-point March rate increase to battle inflation. Such sentiment could explain hawkish comments by Fed Chair Jerome Powell following January's policy meeting. Recent speeches by Fed officials have also been hawkish and signal central bankers are open to aggressive action with inflation running at the fastest pace since the early 1980s. The Fed's March meeting is set for the 15th and 16th. Vinny Del Judice, Bloomberg Daybreak. Okay, Vinny, thanks. In the UK, inflation unexpectedly accelerated for the fourth month in a row. Annual price growth in January rose to 5.5%, a new 30-year high. And Nathan, on the earnings front, shares of Airbnb up more than 3% in early trading. The San Francisco-based travel company beating revenue and profit estimates in the fourth quarter. Futures this morning are moving lower. S&P futures down 11 points now. Dow futures down 92. NASDAQ futures down 26. The DAX in Germany is down a tenth of a percent. Ten-year treasury up 230 seconds. The yield 2.03 percent. And the yield on the two-year 1.55 percent. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. Thanks, Karen. 533 on Wall Street, 30 degrees in Central Park. Sunrise Highway's closed in Rockville Center. And John Tucker's here with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. John. Nathan, another sign the U.S. is increasingly seeking to live alongside the coronavirus. Details in this report from Bloomberg's Lisa Mateo. New York State today will end its requirement that people entering businesses must wear masks or show proof of full vaccination. And beyond New York, Walt Disney is dropping a mask mandate for fully vaccinated guests to its theme parks in the U.S. Face coverings will become optional for inoculated visitors in both outdoor and indoor locations from Thursday, according to a statement posted on the Disney World website. Masks will remain mandatory for those who are not fully vaccinated. The decision comes just days after Universal Orlando ditched its mask requirement. Lise Mateo, Bloomberg Daybreak. A discovery under a stairwell in upstate New York. A little girl reported missing more than two years ago when she was just four has been found alive more than 150 miles from where she disappeared. Police say they found the six-year-old Paisley Schultes in a house in Socrates, New York, huddled in a cold, wet space under the stairs. Socrates police chief Joseph Sanagra. Nobody was leaving without that child. They, we honestly believe that that child was there. And, of course, at the end of the day, that's exactly what the case was. They say she was abducted by her biological parents who lost custody in 2019. Stanford University raised $1.39 billion in the last fiscal year, the most among U.S. colleges, narrowly edging out Harvard for the top spot. The parental fundraising rifles were the only schools to raise more than a billion dollars in that 12 months. Johns Hopkins University in Baltimore ranked third with $930 million raised. Former Alaska Governor Sarah Palin has lost her defamation case against the New York Times for a second time with a jury in Manhattan federal court finding for the newspaper. It comes a day after the judge said he'd throw out the case anyway because of weak evidence. And record gun seizures last year at U.S. airports coming under scrutiny in Congress. TSA officers found almost 6,000 firearms at 268 airport security checkpoints across the country, about an 83% spike from the year before. 
Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm John Tucker, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thanks, John. 535 on Wall Street. John Stanshower's got the Bloomberg Sports Update. Nathan, a scheduling quirk. The Rangers had their bye week right after the All-Star break. So they went two weeks without a game at the Garden. They fell behind the Bruins early, tied the game third period. They went to a shootout. And in the ninth round, a Keandre Miller goal gave the Blue Shirts a thrilling 2-1 to victory over Boston. Islanders and Buffalo. Game was tied with three minutes left. The Sabres scored three times in the last three minutes and won 6-3. to The Devils led 3-1. to Tampa Bay also three in the third, also won. 6-3. NBA Celtics ninth win in a row by 48 in Philadelphia. Just made the big trade with the Nets. James Harden won't debut for the Sixers until next week. Has an injured hamstring. It's not known when Ben Simmons will start playing for Brooklyn. He hasn't played all season. Simmons played poorly in last year's playoffs. Criticized heavily. He admits he's been dealing with mental health issues. It was a bunch of things that I was dealing with as a person in my personal life that I don't really want to go into depth, to depth with. Um, but, yeah, I'm here now, so, you know, it's a blessing to be, you know, uh, in an organization like this. And, you know, I'm just looking forward to getting back on the floor and, and building something great here. Nets play the Knicks tonight at the Garden. At the Olympics, the young U.S. hockey squad who went 3-0 and in the preliminary round, upset in the quarterfinals by Slovakia, who tied the game with 44 seconds left and then won 3-2 in a shootout. Americans Alex Hall and Nick Kepper won gold and silver freestyle skiing. Ex-Mets ace Matt Harvey on the witness stand, a former employee of the Angels on trial for providing the drugs that killed Angels pitcher Tyler Skaggs. Harvey was Skaggs' teammates. Teammate admitted they both used opioids. Harvey said he used them in the clubhouse, even the dugout. He also admitted to having had a problem with cocaine. John Stashower, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Okay, John, thank you. 537 on Wall Street. Time for the Tri-State Business Report with Bloomberg's Ed Corey. New York State's retirement plan wants Tesla to disclose how much it spends on settling sexual harassment and racial discrimination complaints. The New York State Common Retirement Fund, one of the country's biggest public pension plans, filed its shareholder proposal last week. A 15-room condo in Manhattan where exiled Chinese tycoon Gua Wengay has lived for years is on sale for $45 million, about $23 million less than it was purchased for in 2015. A former bankruptcy judge was installed to handle the sale process for the apartment. Manufacturing activity in New York State barely improved in February from a month earlier, falling short of expectations for a more robust rebound, while a measure of selling prices surged to a record high. The Federal Reserve Bank of New York's General Business Conditions Index increased to 3.1, up from minus 7 tenths a month before. At your Bloomberg Tri-State Business Report, I'm Ed Corey. Thanks, Ed. 538 on Wall Street. Bloomberg Radio's on the air from San Francisco to New York, London to Hong Kong. Let's check in with our global news team for some of the top stories heard on our 300 affiliate radio stations around the world. I'm Courtney Donahoe on KTRH in Houston. Permian Basin oil producers are facing headwinds from labor shortages. I'm Gina Cervetti, and for WBBM in Chicago, I'm talking about a new blow for Boeing's 787 Dreamliner as the FAA steps up inspections of each jet before delivery. I'm Joan Doniger telling KNX listeners in Los Angeles that Disneyland will no longer require masks for vaccinated visitors. I'm Caroline Hepgold, Bloomberg DAB, Digital Radio in London. We're reporting on Prince Andrew's private settlement. He avoids a courtroom battle over allegations of sexual abuse by Virginia Dufre. I'm Ed Corey on WTAM in Cleveland. I'm reporting SeaWorld says it will not be buying Cedar Fair. 
Those are some of the stories our 2,700 Bloomberg journalists and analysts are working on. It's 539 on Wall Street. The following is an editorial from Bloomberg Opinion. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Editorial Board. U.S. immigration policy should be guided by two basic principles. The first is that immigrants are indispensable to America's long-term economic growth. The second is that laws to secure the country's borders must be enforced. A system built on these ideas would promote economic dynamism and prevent population decline. Unfortunately, President Joe Biden's approach to immigration has so far been lacking. For example, the current system shuts out far too many highly skilled immigrants. To fix this, the U.S. could adopt a points-based immigration system similar to those in Canada and Australia. Few policies would do more to bolster American leadership in science and technology. Welcoming more highly skilled immigrants should be a top priority for the administration. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Editorial Board. For more Bloomberg Opinion, please go to Bloomberg.com slash Opinion or O-P-I-N-Go on the Bloomberg Terminal. This has been Bloomberg Opinion. Listen for Bloomberg Opinion editorials every weekday at this time. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather. Clouds will increase today with highs in the upper 40s. Late day showers possible tomorrow. Upper 50s will get into the mid 50s early Friday. Temperatures falling through the day. Right now, 30 in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Stocks are reversing gains as traders weigh the prospect of diminishing tension over Ukraine and the impact of rising inflation on central bank policies. U.S. stock index futures are lower, with S&P futures down 7 points, Dow futures down 55. NASDAQ futures down 24. The DAX in Germany little changed. Ten-year Treasury up 230 seconds, yield 2.03 percent. Yield on the two-year, 1.56 percent. NYMEX crude oil is up 1.1 percent, up 99 cents at $93.08 a barrel. COMEX gold, little change at 1856.30 an ounce. The euro, 1.1381 against the dollar. British pound, 1.3563. The yen at 115.71. And Bitcoin this morning moving higher at $44,090. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's John Tucker with more on what's going on around the world. John. And Karen, President Biden says it's still possible Russia will invade Ukraine because its troops remain in a threatening position. U.S. regulators say they'll step up inspections of every Boeing 787 Dreamliner before delivery. Walt Disney dropping a mass mandate for fully vaccinated guests to its theme parks in the U.S. Sports, Rangers beat the Bruins in a shootout. The Islanders and Devils lose. Capitals win, and the Penguins' Sidney Crosby scores his 500th NHL goal. Basketball, the Celtics beat the 76ers by 48 points. Global News 24 hours a day on air. And a Bloomberg Quick Take, we're powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm John Tucker. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. Okay, John, thanks. It's 548 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak, and we're joined now by Joe Quinlan, head of market and thematic strategy at Bank of America Global Wealth and Investment. It's great to speak with you, Joe. Thanks so much for being with us as we watch these market fluctuations on Ukraine headlines. Is there more volatility to come, or does there need to be further pricing in of geopolitical risk here? 
I think, Nathan, there's going to be more volatility <clears throat> until we see clearly that there's a pullback and an easing in te- tensions. We've got the Munich Summit, Security Summit this weekend. We'll see what comes out of there. But I think volatility is kind of the norm here until we get some all clear when it comes to what Putin is actually up to. Do you think we could be headed for a correction? Any more than we've seen already? I don't think we put in the lows just yet, whether it's the NASDAQ or the S&P. So we're going to grind lower, I think, here. The bigger issue is inflation. It's everywhere. It's eating away at margins. So, and we're getting past the earnings season. All eyes will be on the March Fed meeting. Is it going to be 25 or 50? So I think the focus shifts back to, like, the problems here right at home. What do you think the Fed's going to do? What kind of clues do you think we'll get from the minutes later on this afternoon? Well, hopefully not more dissent in terms of 50 or 25. You know, hopefully no sense of panic. We're not looking for that. But we're still of the base case. We do 25 basis points in March, and then thereafter, every meeting, they keep raising rates. The question for the markets is how hot is inflation, and will that galvanize or you know, put more pressure on the Fed to go faster? If they go faster, increases the risk of recession in 23-24. That'll be the worry. You don't see the risk of recession if the Fed keeps on a path where they do raise interest rates after every meeting? If they go gradually, Nathan, and then we got quantitative tightening, um, you know, soft, hard landing, maybe we can avoid a recession. But let's face it, 20, 2023, the growth outlook is coming down dramatically. So will earnings as they raise rates, as we fight, try to put that inflation genie back in the bottle. So, you know, we're still looking for, like, earnings to kind of soften over the second half in the 23. That's going to weigh on the markets for sure. Yeah, I wanted to ask you a little bit more about the earnings outlook. Uh, how does that affect your price target uh, for the S&P 500 at the end of this year? Uh, what's the impact of earnings on valuations? I mean, that's a great question. We're doing like sector by sector, company by company, because that is the challenge. How can companies manage these price increases, not just inputs or bottled global supply chains, but really wages across the board? So we're still we're seeing pricing power in some of these consumer product groups. We still like energy, still the financials. So our portfolios are tilted still towards value and the cyclical side of the equation. And they're U.S. bias. We're still looking for opportunities overseas, but really U.S. focused here. When do you think we'll start to see more of a rotation uh, into uh, value stocks uh, and away from uh, sort of these uh, tech names that really uh, flew high in the last year? Well, Nathan, believe it or not, we're seeing some clients because of the tech pullback, you know, they want to jump into tech now, thinking thinking long-term digitalization, a lot of upside demand still, cloud computing. So we're starting to see some clients want to go back into tech, add, you know, not double down, but add to their exposure. But I think in general, not until we get, you know, not until we see a, a benign inflation reading, um, is are we going to peak, so to speak, in inflation year over year? Do we see tech and the growth names come roaring back? So we're not there yet. Are you looking for a effect of rising interest rates, rising treasury yields on stock valuations? We've seen a pretty big spikes in yield of late. Pretty big, and we're still looking. Year-end target for Bank of America is 225 on the 10-year. That's very manageable for earnings and equities in general. So that's that's the call right now. And if we stick to that call, that tr- call comes true. We can see equities still grinding higher, or not really rolling over because of the backup and 10-year yield. If it go, if we're wrong and it goes two and a half, you know, 275, three handle, we're, we're, we got a reset for sure. But we don't see that as not the base case. 
Are you looking for a reaction from the Fed to the elevated producer prices we got yesterday? It does seem like inflation, uh, you, you can't really put the transitory term on it anymore, for sure. Yeah, I mean, whether it's, you know, it's the front end or the back end, you know, the user inputs or the final product, it's, it's all through the pipeline, the producer producer prices. I, you know, I don't, I don't think the Fed is going to be surprised by that number, but it could add to that urgency. And, and I think it's going to be clear that maybe 25 basis points might not be enough. But we're still looking for 25, but you're right. Whether it's the front end or the back end, it's, it's throughout the whole pipeline when it comes to inflation. And when it comes to uh, the U.S. bias that you mentioned, uh, what, what's your feeling on large cap versus small cap uh, in your estimation? Still have a bias. I mean, you know, large large cap we still have our bias towards. You know, the small caps been pretty beaten up here, so there's some value there. But really, at the end of the day, the large cap companies, good core companies, free cash flow, they have the wherewithal to absorb these prices, whether it's wages, whether it's inputs. So smaller companies don't have that. And when you have the cost of capital rising, that creates some problems for small caps as well. So our bias is still towards these large cap companies. Multinationals, we see global growth rebounding. You know, if we, if we get a reset in Ukraine, then the Europeans avoid a recession. And that's hugely important for a lot of U.S. companies. Good to get your thoughts, Joe. Thanks for being with us. Joe Quinlan with Bank of America Global Wealth and Investment. Karen? Thank you. It is 554 on Wall Street. It's time for the Bloomberg Law Report. It's brought to you by American Arbitration Association. Business disputes are inevitable. Resolve faster with the American Arbitration Association, the global leader in alternative dispute resolution for over 90 years. More at ADR.org. The Trump Organization's accounting firm said a decade of financial statements for Donald Trump cannot be relied upon and that it won't do any new work for the company. The New York Attorney General, Letitia James, is investigating what she says was a pattern of potential fraud involving the manipulation of valuations of key Trump properties. The letter from the accounting firm to the Trump Organization was included in the Attorney General's latest court filing, urging a judge to order Trump to comply with her subpoena and document requests. For more, Bloomberg's June Grosso speaks to Bloomberg legal reporter Greg Farrell. Tell us about this letter from the accountants saying that a decade of the financial statements they've prepared can't be relied upon. The letter is kind of squishy. Uh, It doesn't say last 10 years of statements on the financial condition of the Trump organization. It doesn't say that the information is false, but it does say that basically we believe that the people you send it to, for example, banks, insurance companies, or government overseers, these statements should not be relied upon. This, I think, is a direct result of the massive filing that the New York Attorney General submitted to court a month ago as part of our ongoing battle. So I think they were stuck in this place where they realized, especially now that charges have been filed against the Trump Organization and more charges, civil charges are being considered by the New York Attorney General. It's like they don't want to be there anymore. So I think they probably formed the Trump Organization last year. They want out. And now this is finally just surfacing in the public domain now. Despite all the squishiness and optimistic valuations, if they prepared them and those statements can't be relied on, it's hard to escape the conclusion that they did something wrong somewhere. Right. And and I think Mazars is concerned that they'll be held liable if there's any sort of regulatory action or litigation against the Trump organization for basically misrepresenting its financial position to banks and insurance companies. I think Mazars is trying to take a step to like not be on the hook or as much on the hook as they could otherwise be. This is bad for Trump because 
you know, he's fond of saying, well, I have the best lawyers, I have the best accountants, I have the best, you know, whatever, until they turn on him. Michael Cohen used to be, like, the best until Michael Cohen decided to cooperate with the government. Then Cohen became a, a very different character. But Trump has said in the past that he has the best accountant. So he's not going to be saying that anymore. Can Letitia James use that in her investigation or in her case? I think it could be used as supporting evidence, right? It's not, it's not like a, a witness for the defense suddenly becomes a witness for the prosecution as much as a witness for the defense basically starts easing away from it. It's like, we're not comfortable anymore. If this were a publicly traded company, that would be like shareholder lawsuits and the stock price dive and that sort of thing. That's Bloomberg legal reporter Greg Farrell speaking with Bloomberg's June Grosso. Catch more of that interview plus analysis of the latest legal news by listening to the Bloomberg Law Show at 10 p.m. Eastern Time or subscribing to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. And attorneys can find exceptional legal research and business development tools at BloombergLaw.com. And Bloomberg Daybreak continues. This is Bloomberg. To address our new climate reality, the world needs radical solutions. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment, hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.